Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 32 Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silence, my body wasted away, through my groaning all day long. For night and day your hand was heavy upon me, my strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you. At a time of distress, the rush of mighty waters shall not reach them. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be like the horse or mule without understanding whose temper must be curbed with bit and bridle, also will not stay near you. Many are the torments of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 30 through 38. You, therefore, shall prophesy against all of them against them all these words, and say to them, The Lord will roar from on high, and from his holy habitation utter his voice. He will roar mightily against his fold, and shout like those who tread grapes against all the inhabitants of the earth. The clamor will resound to the ends of the earth, for the Lord has an indictment against the nations. He is entering into judgment with all flesh, and the guilty he will not put to sword. He will put to the sword, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, See, disaster is spreading from nation to nation, and a great tempest is stirring from the farthest parts of the earth. Those slain by the Lord on that day shall extend from one end of the earth to the other. They shall not be lamented or gathered or buried. They shall become a dung on the surface of the ground. Wail, you shepherds, and cry out. Roll in ashes, you lords of the flock, for the days of your slaughter have come, and your dispersions, and you shall... fall like a choice vessel. Flight shall fail the shepherds, and there shall be no escape for the lords of the flock. Hark, the cry of the shepherds, and the wail of the lords of the flock. For the Lord is despoiling their pasture, and the peaceful folds are devastated because of the fierce anger of the Lord. Like a lion he has left his covert, for their land has become a waste because of the cruel sword and because of his fierce anger. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 45 through 48. Then he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling things there. And he said, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Every day he was teaching in the temple. 
the chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people kept looking for a way to kill him. But they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were spellbound by what they heard. Good morning and welcome to the 11th Wednesday after Pentecost. This morning's readings, I had to double check because they looked so similar. Psalm 32, of course, is the same. Um, This will be the last day that we have it. And uh, the reading from Jeremiah is following from yesterday. I saw Jeremiah 25 and I thought maybe it was the same one, but I had to double check. And yesterday we had Acts, but this morning we have the Gospel of Luke. And the themes are really similar. Um, God is angry, and um, in the reading from Jeremiah, um, that it talks about the destruction that God will visit upon um, well, everyone, but um, especially the shepherds and the lords of the flock. And um, you know, the Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet because he watched the destruction of Israel um, and the. Um, being, you know, his people being taken off to, uh, I think, Assyria. I just forget the order. Um, And so he has a lot of anger and judgment and destruction because that's what he witnessed. And Luke, uh, the cleansing of the temple, this is often cited in questions about, like, you know, does God condone violence? Um, Often the, the episode when he's cleansing the temple... Um, is brought up and uh, cleansing doesn't typically come up in the text itself it's often part of the subtitle Um, and the the thinking is well you know if Jesus is God God clearly doesn't shy from anger which is absolutely true Um, but also that God condones even participates uh, and uses violence which is a bit more of a stretch. Um, and Luke, we don't get very many details at all, but this episode does appear in every every one of the Gospels, and so it's relatively historically reliable, um, but it's placed at different times, and its purpose and function is slightly different in each. Um, but we do know he goes to the temple, he's upset, and he accuses the people there of turning um, his father's house, God's house, into a den of robbers. And um, what happens is he grabs a whip, depending on which gospel you read. He grabs a whip, um, which uh, some people think of as a weapon, but it's honestly, you know, it's a, it's a shepherding tool. Um, it gets, you know, the whip is for the livestock. Um, and does not talk about using it, but he drives out all these animals and money changers and um, I know this mostly from John. Um, John goes into some detail. Um, but he drives out all these large animals like cow and, uh, or cattle and um, goats and, you know, stuff like that. And he turns then to those who are selling pigeons. And he says, you know, he kind of um, warns them, but he doesn't drive out the people selling the pigeons. And what was happening is um, the uh, the temple grounds had become a place not just of commercialism, but of affluence. 
so the people who are selling, you know, entire um, bulls or rams for the slaughter, the only people who could afford that were rich. Um, and they took up most of the temple grounds. And if you were poor, you could buy a cheap pigeon to be sacrificed. Um, and the prevailing thought at the time was that, you know, it's such a meager sacrifice that, you know, you better hope you're not, you don't have any huge sins because you're not going to absolve them with just some pigeon. Uh, you know, it was like this early version of the prosperity gospel. And Jesus is upset, clearly, um, but it seems from the different variations in the text that it's much more because of the disparity in wealth and class and how those who are most vulnerable, the poor, you know, widows and orphans in particular, um, they're being pushed out of this place that is meant for them, of uh, God's attention, which is um, focused often upon them. And so Jesus' anger um, is undeniable, but the the motivation or the, the cause of that anger is not as as clear often by, you know, if you listen to some of the debates about, you know, what scripture um, does and does not condone. Um, Jesus is for the poor because Jesus took the form of uh, the poor. He didn't accumulate wealth. He didn't um, he didn't do most of the trappings of of middle or upper income people. Uh, you know, he didn't have his own synagogue. He visited other synagogues and read. Sometimes, sometimes he pissed some of the um, the teachers off, the rabbis off. Um, and this is another example of the um, the kind of undercurrent for Pew Pew HQ and and the. Um, what's termed uh, the preferential option for the poor. Um, in the military, the poor are the lowest enlisted, the rank and file. Um, they are typically also the most numeric in the military. Um, they'll transition in and out quickly, um, but at any given time, there will be far more E1s through E4s than there will be O, three, four, five, sixes, right? Um, and so for really you know, consequentialists or, or Kantians, and we want the greatest good for the greatest number, within the military, that's lower enlisted. That's who we should have our attention on. Um, but if you look at who speaks for the military and who is represented by the military, it's typically officers. The, the interest and the, the narrative kind of weight typically goes to officers. Um, lower enlisted people are getting crowded out of that that story, that narrative. Um, people who can only afford to purchase pigeons are the, are the people who join the military because um, you know they, they don't have very many options and the military is a far better option than what they have um, available to them. Um, and so that's why um, Pew Pew and First Formation, um, you know, the, the grunt is kind of the... Um, the tragic epitome of what it is that we're about. And if I say tragic because if, if the suicide rate in the military is what it is, um, the vast majority of those are probably by um, former enlisted people. Um, 18 of the 20 are uh, by 
veterans who identify as Christian. Um, and they're, you know, numerically, they're probably, you know, I mean, there's no numbers on this, but they're probably lower enlisted. And so the, the people who are in need the most, who are, um, whose dignity is undermined in the public square, uh, they're the ones that will receive our attention, my attention, because I think they're the ones that receive God's attention. And I want to do what God is doing, and I want to have my finger on the pulse of what God is, has in store um, in the church, and in particular, um, how that relates to the military. Proper 15 from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, you have given your only Son to be for us a sacrifice for sin and also an example of godly life. Give us grace to receive thankfully the fruits of this redeeming work and to follow daily in the blessed steps of his most holy life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where PPUHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with the recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia. <laughs>